This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com, your source for all things Kratom. Big Pharma is controlling the FDA, and Big Pharma is essentially, we don't want this plant to be legal. The DEA agrees with the NIDA. Uncontaminated Kratom is safe. The very next day, it was gone off their page. 17 years ago, I was a wreck, man. I was a wreck. And had it not been for Kratom, I would probably not be here today. My guest is Wade Harmon from Richlands, Virginia. Wade is a former coal miner, now a freelance writer, Kratom consumer of 18 years, and host of the podcast Botanical Resistance. There's a link in the description. Ladies and gentlemen, Wade Harmon. So you're a freelance writer. You write a lot about Kratom. You have a um, uh, podcast called um, Botanical Resistance. And so yep. just tell us about what you do uh, around the, the Kratom world. Well, essentially, um, I well, back it up. I used to work in the coal mines. And I worked in the coal mines for 10 or 12 years, and um, I got hurt in the coal mines. And that's what brought on the the Kratom story for me again. But um, I was like, I'm not going back in there because I literally could have died. A rock fell on me. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I can't go underground anymore. So what, what do I do? I always had this knack for, for writing. And uh, so nine, ten years ago, uh, I began to start writing online for different brands, uh, Convince and Convert, Social Media Examiner, um, some different marketing uh, strategy brands like that. And, and essentially, it, it targeted people who, who wanted to build a blog and, and build a social media presence. And so I, I began to uh, build my chops by writing small articles like that. And then it began to grow. And as it grew, I began to continue on with my Kratom usage. Um, I've, I've been drinking Kratom tea for almost 18 years. Yeah. And uh, I began to say, you know what? There are people here. It, it actually, it's, it's, it spawned in 2015. And I was like, let's, I want I love Kratom. And I know we say it differently, and I always, I always aggravate people about it. But uh, it does for me. It doesn't matter how you say it, just as long as you're consuming it, right? But I, I love kratom, and I began to look for vendors that were reputable, who, who I could help, and and so I, I began to find vendors who would use me writing, and I began to write blog posts for them. I began to do um, little shows, little Facebook Live shows for them. And uh, this this uh, one brand that I uh, work with, it, they begin to rise up in rankings. Um, and uh, so that's basically what I do right now. I currently work with three or four Kratom vendors right now to mm-hmm. uh, help spread the word with, with their individual audience on the usage of Kratom, the information, the legislation, and essentially just try to get people involved you know and and one of the one of the biggest um i guess habits that we have is we are we are do nothing people and uh we don't like change and so when we begin to consume kratom tea 
we can we can kind of just go into this dark haze and and get into our own little world and not really pay attention to the world around us but what i like to make sure people understand is there's stuff going on in the kratom community that that we need to pay attention to in 2016 the fda and the dea uh, both came out against uh kratom with a ban the dea started to move forward on the ban and in and in i think it was 10 days over 113,000 people had signed a petition that you know the dea eventually backed off from from it because so many people banded together i was pretty impressed you know that's that's a that's a large group of people paying attention and over the years since 2016 it seems like that group of people that that band of brothers if you will has disbanded and we're not getting as many results as we were in 2016 hmm. now hopefully it's not going to take another dea move before people get off their butts and say "Ooh, I, i've got to i've got to go do this now that's not the time to do it and so what i want to do with my with my content whether it be uh in 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 a written form or whether it be on the botanical resistance show uh it is to make people aware you know don't be lazy. Don't be, don't, don't, you know, it's not just you in this, it's everybody in this and we've got to pay attention. And so that's one of the big things that I try to do with any kind of content that I put out is to make people aware of the facts, uh, whether it be the legislation or whether it be just uh, something about Kratom, some, some cool facts about Kratom. We've got to be involved. Mm -hmm. And wh why do you think the FDA wants to ban Kratom? <laughs> I don't know if you really want to know that <laughs> that or not. I, I, okay, so all right, I got I went down the rabbit hole. Now this is a very interesting story. Uh, I went down this rabbit hole, and I this is my own personal opinion. First and foremost, for your, for the listener who's listening to this right now, I am not a professional. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm just somebody who knows how to research. And I began to write an article on why the FDA wants to ban Kratom. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, through, my, through my research, I discovered that there was a man who had applied for the synthetic alkaloid in Kratom. And I, I, I don't have that information right in front of me, or I would tell you. Uh, but I began to search for this man. Who is this guy? Let's, let's look for, for this guy. He, he's a ghost. I uh, did backtracks. I did I did Google searches. I I did every kind of search imaginable, and finally something came up on the LinkedIn platform. Um, he did not have a profile. He he or I'm I'm sorry. He didn't have a profile picture. He had a small profile, a written profile, and it directed me to a business. And on that business. I went to the about page and I found him again. He was one of the employees. All right. So I looked and it had an address and I went to that guy's address. Couldn't find it anywhere. So I went to Google Maps. I'm like, all right, I'm going to find the man who applied for this synthetic patent, you know, this patent on, on, on Kratom. And uh, the, the search ended on Google Maps when I typed in the address that he had given 
on the patent application and the address that matched the home address for his website and the about page. Do you know that that address took me to a cemetery? <laughs> wow. A cemetery. And so for me, the reason the FDA wants to ban Kratom is a lot of different conspiracy theories that I could, you know, blast at you right now. And, and some you will agree with, some you may not. The one that you will agree with is Big Pharma is a billion dollar industry in our corporation. And, and, and I say corporation, not country, because that's essentially what this has become. Uh, government has become a business and the person with the most money has the most power. Big Pharma has spent more money on lobbyists uh, than any other corporation or individual has ever spent. And they do that uh, to push their patents. They do that to push their drugs. Um, essentially, the things that they want to pass, they're going to get it passed because, I mean, you, it's common knowledge. You can go to your representative of whatever state that you live in right now, and you can find their who's who's donating to. It's public knowledge. And Big Pharma has donated more money to more congressmen and senators than any other company. And so essentially, the long and short of it is Big Pharma is controlling the FDA. The FDA is, is in the pocket uh, of Big Pharma, and Big Pharma is essentially, we don't want this plant to be legal because think about it, if if Kratom continues to stay legal, my personal story, I came off methadone using Kratom. And, and I'm sorry, I hate to say the word using. Uh, it, it, for me, it, it, it brings a negative connotation. Yeah. Uh, I came off methadone by drinking Kratom tea. And, and that essentially that's what they don't want. Uh, they're, they're billion dollar industry in methadone and suboxone alone and people coming and taking their daily dose or their take homes. And, um, it, it's a lot of money. You, you, you introduce Kratom to just, just the people in the American, in, in, in the United States that are taking methadone daily, you introduce Kratom to those people and you've made a dent in the big pharma checkbook. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and so I believe that the primary reason the FDA, you know, does the FDA want to ban it? Yeah, but I believe they want to ban it because Big Pharma wants to ban it. And if they don't, then they don't get a paycheck. I found a resolution in the Virginia General Assembly that is requesting that the Board of Pharmacy study whether uh, Kratom should be a controlled substance. Um, do you have any thoughts about whether the Pharmacy Board in Virginia is going to be like the one in Ohio and and uh, suggest a ban? I mean, yeah, it, it probably will eventually get to that point. Um, mm -hmm. uh, my state of Virginia is, you know, I, I don't want to say it's safe. But yeah. it it has the, the American Kratom Association headquarters in Virginia. Yes. Yeah. And I would like to think that they would not let this happen in their own state. I believe it will come down to a vote, a ban vote. Um, essentially, the the Kratom, lo the Kratom lobbyists are fighting so hard for us right now. Uh, yeah. People like Mac Hatto and, and, and 
I just inter- interviewed Matt Caddo yeah, on the Botanical Resistance Show. That guy. Oh, man. You would not believe how many um, how many things the American Kratom Association actually does for us. And, you know, if, if anybody hates the FDA, Matt Caddo hates the FDA. And there's, there's things that will happen, and, and I'm sure eventually the uh, Board of Pharmacy will uh, – We'll, 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 it'll get to that point. I think eventually every state will have to fight to keep Kratom legal yeah. at one point or another. If you, if you look at Mississippi, uh, over the past six months, Mississippi has had uh, cities and, and, and different cities ban this as an ordinance. And, yeah. and now it came in this, this past week, it came in for the state. And uh, then, then you, you know the story. They've, they just killed both deals. So yeah. uh, they, they would rather their bill die and kill our bill as well as to, to let the KCPA, Kratom Consumer Protection Act, overshadow the state of Mississippi. And, and Ohio is coming, coming due again soon. It, it, it starts as a small, you know, one guy puts this bill out. And and then another one jumps on, and then somebody else jumps on, and then the FDA comes in. Hey, and and then you know, in my mind, here's what big pharma does: starts shelling out cash. Hey, let's let's ban this. So yeah, I mean, it could definitely happen in Virginia, but eventually, I I see every state having to go through this. It, of course, it, except the states that have already passed the Kratom Consumer Protection Act, of course. But yeah. eventually, I believe every state will will have to to fight this battle. You done. Uh, you did a few podcasts about uh, the situation in Indonesia. Um, there seems to be different interests there. Like the farmers, of course, want it to remain legal, and then another wing of the government is listening to the FDA uh, here. Um, what do you know about what's going on in Indonesia, and what's the latest there? The National Narcotics Agency, I believe, they have reported that they're going to impose a ban on kratom and make it illegal starting in uh, 2020 and and that was an article that was come that come out in 2019 of course all all of the farmers like you said they're against it they they were going to make sure in the next 5 years the kratom farmer began a crop of of this tree whatever it is i forget i forget what it was and so the the kratom farmer had 5 years to adjust to the new crop yeah and uh so you know I, it, there was a study done that farming kratom was like 72 percent more lucrative and it created more jobs than than this this other uh, farming industry and i apologize i can't remember what it is but um yeah i believe it's still in in their best interest it's in everybody's best interest i believe to keep it to keep it legal because everybody is going to benefit from it yeah and now we have it uh, legalized in Thailand, um, and I think it's going to be – it was legalized for medicinal purposes along with cannabis, I think, last year. But now the uh, minister there – I forget uh, what the agency's called, uh, the public health agency, but he said it's going to be fully legal there, which I think will it'll open up another market for uh, importing importing it here too. So I think that would be good yeah. for – or I mean Thailand's farmers as well. Yeah, most definitely. It's going to be a fight countrywide. And that reminds me, 
Uh, last year, I believe the FDA went over to the Indonesian, was it prime minister? And they denied going over there. Uh, and then the American Kratom Association followed soon after. Yeah. And they, he did confirm, yeah, they were over here, but the FDA lied and said, no, we didn't, we didn't make that trip. And so they're actually overreaching. They're going into the Indonesian government yeah. and trying to pull strings over there to screw everybody stateside even. Yeah. I mean, how low do you got to be to do that? Yeah. I don't know a Kratom consumer who doesn't hold a steady job, who who isn't a good person, um, who isn't better because of Kratom tea, um, and yet here here we are. You know, I'm 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 a contributing member to society, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people are, and we pay taxes, we follow the rules, we don't break the law, and you know, it's just like marijuana and CBD. They all of these natural plants were meant for us to consume. Um, there's a ton of, of things that mother nature has prepared for us. And to say, no, you can't have this. I mean, based on nothing, it's, it's sheer lies. And it's not no scientific evidence whatsoever. Um, I believe the FDA put in a report that, uh, a, a man died and they attributed his death to Kratom. Now, look, he had barbiturates and benzos and and opiates in his system, yeah. and yeah, he had kratom in his system. And oh yeah, he had it was a shotgun blast to the chest that killed him. <laughs> yeah, and that one. And, but, was but oh, crazy. kratom killed him. You know, kratom killed him. <laughs> they yeah, so him, they're, yeah, they're kratom going, related death. Yeah, and and okay, so right after that, when when this, I think it was last year, first part of last year, it might have been even two years ago. Uh, the FDA began to really come against Kratom again, and uh, they began to say all this stuff. And the NIDA, the National Institute of Drug Abuse, uh, came out with their own article, and they said, uncontaminated Kratom is safe. And I screenshot it, man. I screenshot it, and I wrote an article about it. I said, look, the DEA – okay, so let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting too excited. Uh, so – the NIDA writes this article, and inside this article, it's got all these facts on Kratom. And then in the center of the page, they said, we have, we have researched, and we have discovered that uncontaminated Kratom does not cause death. Okay? So they posted it on Twitter. All right? The DEAHQ, that's their Twitter at DEAHQ, if you want to follow the DEA. I don't know why you want to, but you can keep up with them. <laughs> so they actually retweeted the NIDA. They retweeted it. So I captured a screenshot right there and I posted it. I said, look, the DEA agrees with the NIDA. Uncontaminated Kratom is safe. The very next day, it was gone off their page. Do you think the FDA was behind that retraction? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So I mean, you said, come on, man. So you said you've been uh, drinking Kratom tea for 17 years, which I think breaks the record for anyone I've talked to. <laughs> Even uh, the guy that the founder of uh, Kratom Science has been into it since like 2007, but that that beats him. I think he was in high school then. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. so you said I think it's you uh, said maybe that your sister introduced it to you. 
Yeah, Is yeah, right? my sister. Okay, how, how did she yep. find out about it? Because, of course, it probably wasn't even online. She actually, I don't know how she found out about it. I believe, and 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 don't don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't know the, the the entire story. My sister passed away about oh, three sorry. years ago. Um, yeah, she had a brain tumor, uh, and she was having she suffered with with severe migraines, and um, you know that's a completely different story. But she was taking kratom for the migraines. She didn't know that she had a brain tumor. And I believe that my cousin, um, I'm going to give Ronnie Endicott a shout out right here. I believe Ronnie uh, put her on to a guy out of New England. And uh, she she actually, I think she, she was taking, uh, consuming Kratom tea for about three years. And um, I was, um, I was on heroin. I was on Oxycontin. And, uh, of course, a lot of other opiates. And I'll just tell you the whole story. The, uh, the, the baseline for me to get up out of the bed just to feel normal was, uh, you know, a shot of heroin and about six hydrocodone tens. And that's, that was my baseline, just, just yeah. to feel normal. Any, anything after that was, was the high, was the enjoyment. And so uh, once, once I... I just, you know, look, I was like, Hey, I can't, I can't do this my whole life. I, I don't want to, I don't want to have to rely on this, these, these synthetics, these drugs to, to live a normal life. So I began to, I was like, I'm going to stop. Well, <laughs> well, you know what happens when you stop all that stuff, especially if you've been doing it for a while, I began to, you know, get the flu like symptoms and depression, anxiety, uh, uh, all, all that, all that stuff, restless legs and couldn't sleep, couldn't, you know, just, mm-hmm. just feeling horrible. So, you know, anybody that that's, that's taking Kratom tea right now understands what, what I'm talking about. But, um, and, and, and so I was like, well, I'm going to try the methadone. And so I began to go to the methadone clinic here in, here in town. And uh, after about six months, I was like, well, this is working, but I've got to take methadone every day. So I'm just, essentially, I'm just trading one habit for another. Yeah. And, and so she, she was like, look, wait, here, try this. It was green powder. And and so I was about three days, you know, three days from not taking my last methadone dose. So I was feeling pretty rough. I was trying to quit methadone. And she was like, here, try this. And to be honest with you, man, I would have ate a bar of soap if I had known it was going to make me feel better that day. Because I, I, I would have, I would have ate the underpinning out of a trailer that day <laughs> if, if it was going to make me feel better. I didn't care what it was. And uh, she told me, so it'll make you feel better. So naturally I was, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do anything. So I went in, she's like, take it with Tang. <laughs> and uh, so I went in, I dumped, I, I dumped a scoop full in, into my cup and I put some Tang in there and I, and I, I took a drink and it was the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. And, and she was like, keep going. You, you it, I promise it'll help you. And I gagged it down and I, you know, horrible. Ugh, you know, can't stand it. If, if you, Remember the first time you drank Kratom tea, you know what I'm talking about. And after about 15 minutes, my shakes calmed down. My withdrawal symptoms subsided. Uh, I felt like doing something. A couple of months later, I came out of depression. I was normal. I felt good. And that was 17 years ago. And uh, I, in the coal mines, I busted three discs in my back. And 
right now the doctors don't even really know how I'm walking. And, uh, and, and I told him, he was like, I'm going to put you on uh, Oxycontin 80s and we're going to give you three hydrocodone 10s a day. And you're going to do that for the rest of your life. And I was like, no, I'm not neither, man. I ain't doing that. I know, I know what that stuff is. And I know, I know how habitual of a person that I am. So you got it. I'm not doing it. This was after you started use uh, Kratom that you got injured in the mines? Okay. Okay. Yeah. it, It gave me enough, you know, gumption to want to go get a job, you know, and yeah. uh so then 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 it began to it began to uh I, I got hurt and um so now i just i use it as a pain management tool mm-hmm. and on days where i i don't feel you know any pain which is rare i still drink a cup of kratom because it helps the anxiety the depression it's just more of a maintenance tool yeah and uh so there's a lot of things that you need to know about about kratom with with tolerance issues and switching things up and I and I had to learn the hard way. I drank um, red Bali kratom for about ten years, yeah, and um, I didn't know anything about tolerance management, so I had to learn that the hard way. But uh, once I figured it out, uh, it's you know to this day uh, it's still helping me. And uh, if 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 you're listening to this right now and you have a problem like I did. And you want to live a, a normal, healthy life, Kratom will help you. Yeah. And, and what, like, specific advice do you have to, to uh, opiate addicts that want to transition? Yeah, sure. Okay. This is a great question. And this is something that, that I experienced myself. Look, you, if you're coming off of 10 hydrocodones a day or, you know, whatever, whatever they're taking now, uh, that's a synthetic. That, that is a powerful drug. That's going to, it, you know, your serotonin has stopped. And so that's a powerful drug that your body is being used to. The, a plant is not going to have the same effect as, as a man-made, you know, Superman pill. So one of the things that you need to, to do is to stay consistent with it in the beginning. First off, you need to stop all, all drug use for three days. Don't take Kratom for three days. Don't take anything for three days. Yeah. And it's going to be a little rough. But if you can get through the three days, maybe you can, you know, hibernate and sleep for three days or whatever it is. And then when you wake up on that third or fourth day, then your system is kind of cleaned out and your body is, is craving something. And you can um, try, the, try your Kratom. And look, it's not going to, I guess... A lot of, of addicts, I mean, and I was the same way. I'm like, okay, is this going to make me feel like, you know, I used to feel. It, yeah. it, it doesn't make you high. Yeah. And, and there's scientific evidence for that. But it, it, it's an, uh, an agonist. And so what that does, it kind of dims that opioid receptor just a little bit. And it helps. So once you start taking that consistently for about a month, you're going to start to see those withdrawal symptoms subside completely. And your body will be back on track. And uh, look, that that third day when she handed me that kratom powder, I was I was ready to try anything. And she she just kept she kept going. Look, don't stop, Wade. Keep going, keep going. You can you know it's going to get better. And it did. And so 
I mean, I would I would suggest something red, a red strain for someone who is uh, uh, dealing with uh, opiate abuse, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's probably uh, the best option for you. Yeah, well, that's great. That's good advice. Um, so how do you, how do you do you drink it in a tea or do you just do toss and wash still? Yeah, I'm old school. Yeah, I drink it. Uh, I put it in a cup, and uh, I I put Hawaiian punch. You know those little drink mix packets. Yeah, those Hawaiian punch packets. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Tang. Dude, I gained like forty pounds when I was drinking it with Tang. <laughs> that stuff's got so much sugar and fat. Anyway, yeah. I figured it out. So, um, I take the Hawaiian punch packet, dump it in there with my with my mix. I fill it up, and I just I just sip on it through. You know, it takes me about an hour. Just sip on it, and I've tried to toss and wash. I've actually got videos. Of showing different ways that you can take kratom and it's pretty funny to toss and wash there's, there's some experts experts out there that can really do that very well and i i'm not one of them <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so i guess you already said you take more on days when you, um you're feeling pain but you just have a you have a cup in the morning uh, I, I take about five grams every morning and usually by two i'm ready for another yeah and uh, that's another five grams. And I, I take when I'm days I'm in pain, I'll take I'll take three doses of five grams. Yeah. If, for people who are dealing with the the opiate struggle, um, you know, find that perfect dose in the beginning. You can always taper back uh, if you need more. Take more. Uh, just just don't don't be using drugs with it that that's the key yeah don't don't do anything else with it kratom is pretty challenging for vendors to market and i know you do marketing um like ads are banned from facebook google twitter credit card processing is banned um how do you get around those hurdles as somebody that um is in the business of marketing well one of the first things that i tell vendors who are looking to expand their business and, and build an audience is to continue using the social media channels um, as they see fit. Now, some some Facebook pages are not even allowed to post uh, different things about Kratom. <clears throat> uh, others, uh, if, if, if you're a vendor who sells CBD products, uh, they're more lenient on the CBD products, but if you're trying to build an audience with with your Kratom business, one of the best things to do is to to start a Facebook group and uh, make sure your audience knows not to say hot words like order or uh, anything like that. Yeah. And uh, begin doing live videos. I've had I've had great success with a couple of vendors where I'll go into the, their Facebook group and give away some Kratom and do live video feeds and build that group up. Another great way is to find, you know, a great podcast and sponsor a podcast show. I've had I've had many podcast sponsors who have had great success. Uh, I'm one of I think two or three Kratom podcasts on Apple Podcasts right yeah. now. And uh it, it, there there's a there's a huge market for it and Facebook does, <laughs> you know, Facebook is the biggest social media channel out there and what you know it they don't allow kratom ads, so yeah. there's other ways around that. And uh, a sponsorship is a great way to do that because people are always finding new podcasts to listen to, yeah. and um, just have great success. But one of the things that I've found is 
to keep creating content that that your audience loves the the content that that that'll make them want to stay yeah yeah you want them to buy but you want them to continually keep you in mind that that frame of marketing that's called top of mind if you're top of mind with your audience and and the people that you're that you know you're targeting then you're always considering these people so in order to always consider you have to figure out what they want what they like what they need and yeah they want like a need kratom but they also like information they like to be updated they like uh, a lot of different things video is the number one uh, content consumption online right now so uh, start some YouTube channels and I know it's a little iffy on YouTube as well that you got to be careful uh, but that's that's one of the reasons why I, I tell people that to build that Facebook group and start doing those live videos in the group uh, if you have a website you can host your video on Vimeo and uh, Vimeo don't have a problem with Kratom at all and uh, you can start putting videos on your web website uh, about Kratom, how to take it, um, uh, Kratom potentiators, you know, like turmeric and magnesium, and and just give them information that will will keep them coming back. It reminds me of a um, the the Geek Squad, the CEO of the Geek Squad when he first started out, he was repairing people's computers. They were calling him, and he was telling people how to fix their computer absolutely free and the people his investors told him they said what in the world are you doing you need to be charging people for this service and he says well i could charge them for this he said but who do you think they're going to come to when they have a problem that they can't fix he says are they going to go to some random joe out of the yellow pages or are they going to come back to the guy who's been showing them how to do it for free for the past year yeah. He said, and and that's the key with content. Content is free. The consumption is free. And when it's time to reorder, they're going to go back to the person who's been giving them all of that free information. And uh, content is is the best. It's it really is king in all markets and all niches. And uh, okay, I got one more question. I was listening to your podcast, and you said discovering kratom is like opening the door for the rest of your life. Can you explain more about what that means? Oh man, that that's a personal quote, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many there's so many things that you know life just happens to people. Sometimes uh, you can look at Facebook and get depressed. You know, you can look at Facebook and. Uh, another kid has been kidnapped. Someone else has has committed suicide. And, you know, when I think about my own past experiences and my own bad decisions and, and, and all the wrong choices that I've made in my life, the the one thing that I can always count on is, is the Kratom. And it's true for a lot of people. Now, don't get this wrong. I'm happy. I feel successful. Uh, I'm married to a, a great woman. I have two beautiful sons who's going to keep my name going. And, uh, and, and I love what I do. I'm, uh, you know, I love it. But there was a time when my life was a wreck. And the people who see me now see, see me in my, my profile picture. I'm wearing a suit and I'm hugged up to my beautiful wife. But 
17 years ago, I was a wreck, man. I was a wreck. And had it not been for Kratom, I would probably not be here today. And uh, I, I do owe my life to it. And it did open the door. If I had continued down the path that I was going, it would have surely led down a destructive road. Uh, like so many people who don't know about Kratom, they have taken that road and not been able to return. I've, I've seen it over and over again. And I, and I feel sorry for those people because they don't know. And, you know, whenever I first took that first gag drink of Kratom and 15 minutes later, I said, where has this been all of my life? Where has this been? Why didn't I know about this? I, I, I would have been drinking this a whole lot sooner than now. And there's people out there that, that will never hear this podcast. There, there are people out there that will never hear about Kratom. And those people are the ones that are missing out on one of the best opportunities to get their life back in order. And that's why I say it can open the door to a, to a brand new world because it really does open your eyes to, to different things and different perspectives. Thanks a lot, Wade Harmon. There's a link to Wade's Vimeo account, uh, his podcast, Botanical Resistance, and his Twitter account in the description. The music is by Risey. The song is called Memories of Thailand. The Kratom Science Podcast is written and produced by me, Brian Gallagher, for KratomScience.com. Take care.